Welcome everyone to the very first episode of Wheelhouse Sisters. Hey! <laughs> My name is Amanda and joining me today in the wheelhouse is Christine. Thanks for having me in the wheelhouse. <laughs> pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. Thanks for being here. So uh, this is our very first episode and I'd like to give a little introduction about what the Wheelhouse Sisters is all about and the goal and vision of our work. So the Wheelhouse Sisters uh, is a podcast that primarily focuses on fixed gear culture and fixed gear cycling. So welcome to our podcast. <laughs> Whether it's about fixed gear racing, uh, building bikes, or talking about bike parts, uh, riding through the city, um, or even just everyday cycling adventures, uh, Wheelhouse Sisters uh, has it all. All you need to know about fixed gear. However, most importantly, Wheelhouse Sisters aims to take ownership of the narrative of women in the fixed gear world and bring it back to women. From fixed gear crit racers, FGFS riders, alley cat racers, and your average gal who likes to shred in the streets. So with my experiences in the cycling industry, I can tell you that there are many women out there who shred, who like to ride bikes, who also like to build bikes. But however, uh, we aren't showcased enough or hardly at all. So my goal and the goal of this podcast of Wheelhouse Sisters is to shed light on women who ride fixed and also bring women together in a safe space that can share our stories, our experiences and voices and passions. So whether it's pushing our limits mentally and physically on the bike or going on adventures and just being a part of a, a gnarly community uh, that speaks to us. Yeah, so Wheelhouse Sisters is a great is a platform that sheds light on the female narrative, all while helping in, to inspire women to get out there and do their thing. Yeah. I think that's such an important thing, and I'm really happy to be on board with Amanda co-hosting Wheelhouse Sisters. That idea of platform and narrative is super important. I'm personally really passionate about the idea that you don't have to be great at things you enjoy doing, and I want to bring that mentality in here as a safe space, not just for women, but everyone who feels like they can't keep up with a performative way of needing to be the best at something just to be valid in a community. Cycling has the potential to be the most diverse and inclusive sport at all levels of achievement. And so my goal for Wheelhouse Sisters is to create a conversation where people are allowed to be beginners, allowed to like what they like, allowed to have fun at being mm -hmm. good or bad. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Or learning. Yes. or inspiring <laughs> and everything in between um yeah. i think amanda and i are like a really fun set of people to talk to this stuff about i feel like we have like a lot of shared visions passions and values but kind of come at stuff from like really different angles mm -hmm. yeah a little bit of spice here and there on both sides <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, like women in sports and the outdoor lifestyle and the fixed gear scene, it's like a really exciting space to be in. And we want to take ownership of that narrative ourselves. Yes. Being in it and talking about it is just oh, as yeah. important. Mm -hmm. So stoked. And I'm so happy that you're on this project with me, Christine, and that we're going to embark other women on this project as well. And super stoked to what's what's uh, it's what's gonna it to be come? a really lovely time um yeah. and we're gonna invite loads of lovely people to our wheelhouse yes. and talk to them about bikes absolutely <laughs> all right so i'm guessing for those listening um even though our podcast is about fixed gear culture and fixed gear riding um definitely you guys want to know a little bit about ourselves so if christine you want to kick it off and just give us a little bit of your background on how you got into fixed gear riding yeah definitely um so i was first of all hi my name is christine i was <laughs> born in germany and raised kind of in the skewer that is middle europe learned how to ride a bike in Sweden. I had a really Ooh. crappy little Toys R Us bike and the chain <laughs> falling off. 
in the mountains or was it flatland oh, or flat 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 south. okay right at the bottom so just absolutely flat and mm. had my absolute crappy little little bike and i loved it to bits um and that was my my i guess my first real introduction to cycling things mm. kind of how went, old were you oh my god I was, I was very young i was maybe like 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 four to ten <laughs> yeah like that yeah. kind of first your first bike yeah. love. that's yeah, like your yeah. first love so my first mm-hmm. love was uh this toys r us bike mm-hmm. yeah i remember also i think i was when i was a child i'd run i'd bike around in the the alleyway on like this <laughs> really cheap bike and alone and like in my Al- head alone I'd in even- an alleyway <laughs> as a child Tra- <laughs> traumatic <laughs> no 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 there was it was like very safe alleyway right in- <laughs> and my house connected to this alleyway not not a bad alleyway <laughs> um yeah and i i remember i'd have um just like in my mind just to go as fast as i can on my bike as a child oh yeah. my god i love that that's still you though <laughs> like it's a very authentic amanda story mine was yes. like i would like ride around the neighborhood and hide from like the bullies and <laughs> like go to the playground and pretend i had magic powers and then my chain would fall <laughs> off and i'd get really sad and i'd like try Aww. find like a neighbor who'd help me put it back on <laughs> oh no <laughs> Um, and there's me just like challenging myself in in my head like go as fast as you can like riding up and down the alleyway (laughs) oh weird we're definitely weird children oh bike people are the best um yeah things kind of like went quiet like i i lived in switzerland next and it was just very very hilly and so bikes were never really in question it was kind of like a lot of like hiking and skiing Mm. and all that good stuff nice um like I never really considered myself an athletic person at all I was like the high school newspaper girl like the yearbook (laughs) girl the design tech girl Mm. sports was not really my thing um it's like more the artsy kind of person Mm -hmm. I was only until I moved to London for university I kind of discovered cycling as a way to commute and it kind of it blew mm-hmm. my mind I'm like oh, this is so so cost effective and mm-hmm. I can smell commute in like a good way like you ride past all these beautiful shops and bakeries and spices and it was kind of blew my mind that cycling was such like a sensory engaging activity yeah Um, and my brain really liked that my brain really liked being activated like that um I kind of like hyper fixated on this idea that I could like feel everything all at once on a bike Mm -hmm. bikes just kind of got like smaller and faster I started off with a bobbin brownie dutch bike which was super cute um Mm. (laughs) And then I swapped over to an old Raleigh steel frame, like road bike converted into a single speed. Okay. Um, and I was able to do my commute in like under 10 minutes. And that was, again, just mind blowing. I was like, oh my God, the potential of this. Has anyone else mm-hmm. thought of this? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, crazy how much faster you can get to your destination on a bike versus taking the underground yeah especially the city it's it's such a lovely way of moving around a city um and so yeah that that kind of idea of moving around a city commuting so I was basically just cycling alone for most of the time and then stumbled across the evil shred which was a (laughs) halloween ride I kind of mentioned this uh, in the Slow yeah. Spin Society podcast, but that was my first ride. That was my first introduction to the London community of fig skier riders. Me on my single speed conversion bike. I remember, <laughs> I, I, I remember, I rode straps on my single speed because I like I saw people with like straps on their bikes. I kind of like that's also that's also like one chain, one okay, one like, <laughs> one here. I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna try this out. Um, I remember I like couldn't get my foot out of a strap and then fell down. Oh at no! One point. Like really, just embarrassed. Myself. I think we've all been there once in our lives. 
it has to be done it's a rite of passage um, yeah um but yeah i just i fully after that i just like fully fell into that world and um i was at university at the time but like the highlight of my week would be like when there was a fake spears ride on like just couldn't wait to like get out of lectures and just go ride my bike and hang out with my friends um so that really shaped how i fell into the fixed gear world nice sweet yeah for me as well um it all started from commuting and i think many people can relate to that um to those listening to the podcast and just in general i think a lot of cyclists um who now ride a lot and who have now a road bike or gravel bike who started doing more adventures on their bike a lot of people start off i think by commuting it's and... a natural place to start yeah. initially you're just solving a problem you're like okay the mm-hmm. problem is my commute is it be it long or annoying or expensive your bikes tend to solve problems and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're like oh wait it can do more than just yeah commute. yeah what i can go out into the mountains with <laughs> maybe not with a single speed but <laughs> yeah i can see you up in the mountains with a, with a thick here amanda <laughs> yeah i mean maybe been there <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so um bringing it back to to childhood and just growing up um for for me uh i was born in montreal canada uh born and raised and i grew up playing many sports uh competitively like triple uh, a basketball track and field triple a soccer um i was also on the track and field team and varsity volleyball college volleyball team so just always running around with a ball or All on a team sports <laughs> yeah like i was a child who could not like sit down i had would, to be you, training like you would have been the person they would have put next to me in class <laughs> like <laughs> so we would like <laughs> find an equilibrium somewhere uh, yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, and it was actually only until I turned 18 that uh, I dropped team sports and really turned to cycling as not only a hobby, but also as a way of life, um, as we can see now on this podcast. It's like uh, a it very also- consuming thing to get into. Yes, like, absolutely. <laughs> commuting is like the gateway drug to your life being all about bikes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, for me, uh, I think I was 18 when it all started. Uh, it was on my... <laughs> yeah, really, though. On my 18th birthday, yeah, I bought myself my own present, and it was a single speed, um, which I used That's to... the first times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first times, man. <laughs> 18th birthday what do you, you don't go to a club you don't go out drinking for the first time you go and buy yourself a bike that's the way to do it I respect that that's really nice <laughs> tell me about your bike what was it um what was it oh my god I don't remember it was just like this extra large single speed way too big for me uh, it was so big that the um, the brakes it was a drop bar. The li- yes, the levers um, were like curled upwards a little bit <laughs> because the bike was so fucking long for me. It oh, was good look. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, during that time, um, I just fell in love with blowing through traffic, going super fast, <laughs> and just, Damn. you know, <laughs> like, even if a bike was way too big for me, I just, like, fell in love with the feeling of cruising. Did you know the, the bike was too big for you, or was that kind of like a realization you had, a- you had afterwards? You're like, wow, that bike actually did not fit me. I yeah. did not know enough <laughs> it was... that that bike was not good for me. <laughs> exactly. I did not know in the beginning at all. 
um, little innocent me, um, until I started working at a very big, um, the actually basically Canadian, the ca- Canada's biggest outdoor company uh, called Out- Mountain Equipment Co. Uh, it's like an outdoor company that sells anything uh, related to outdoor sports. That's wicked. And- like, what a fun place to be. Yeah, and the guys actually that I'd go ride with, uh, mountain biking and uh, just cruising through the city, they saw my bike and they're like, first of all, it's way too big for you. Second of all, all your components are dead because I would just, (laughs) you know, not take care of my bike and ride it as much as I could. So then I just built my first uh, fixed gear with uh with the friends from you the just shop sacked off the single speed that was it You're like, yeah thanks <laughs> for your service exactly. you weren't good for me yeah yeah um so what built... was your what, yeah what was your second bike then yeah uh it was a i got um a frame a track frame off um the marketplace uh, it's a marketplace called kijiji um super french quebec niche marketplace uh and it was a um hexagon cycles frame i do not know of them yeah it's i don't think they are manufacture... they still going no they don't manufacture anything anymore <laughs> it just it was like a one-time damn okay thing. do you still have that frame uh back in montreal yeah that's pretty yeah. cool yeah it's a relic you should sign that you could sell, you could sell that now. Yeah. Signed yeah. by Amanda. If anyone wants it, reach out. I'm All happy the pros to sell do it. it. Come on, you can do it too. Yeah. Um, and it was like a little nice crit bike. I put straps on it, super arrow, um, and then fell in love with fixed gear riding. That's really sweet. I think we've got quite a similar like jump between bikes. Again, my Raleigh single speed conversion. Um, I kind of swapped briefly to the secondhand Goku, which was like a completely white build, like white wheels, white frame, white hub. Yeah, is that the the what's called the shopping cart? You call it shopping cart? Yeah. It was like nasty in all the right ways because it was just like, why would you build that? It's kind of hilarious. Um, so that was fun. Um, but then after that, it was um, it was my Dos Noventa, which mm. like what a leap! Of- what a huge leap, what man! A leap. Like from the white, the entire ghost like bike <laughs> to a Dos Noventa. That's a baller move very ballsy i i like doing things well and i like doing them correctly so Mm -hmm. the second hand goku i'm like it's just gonna be what it is and it's gonna have fun being that Mm -hmm. and then when i do get a bike i'm gonna do it properly so i got Mm -hmm. dust event i got my rotor track cranks like it's all good it's it's all fun stuff A rotor crank. Yeah, oh my god, it ruined me. Like, okay, I see. It looks good. (laughs) The thing is, like, you could totally reasonably justify getting that, being like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I race, I do all this fast shit. And I'm just like, it looks really pretty. Mm. I'm going to do it. (laughs) A lot of the themes we're going to see in this podcast is me doing stuff because of the aesthetic. I have a background in creativity. I'm. Yeah. But that's also, um, like, speaking of creativity and aesthetics and building bikes and everything, well, that's also. I find, well, bikes are a form of art. And when I built my first fixed gear, uh, I actually, it opened an entire new world for me. And I got the summer after I started working as a bike mechanic in Montreal uh, for a big bike shop called iBike and then started riding for the team and just, you know, wanted to learn more about um, mechanics and started giving uh, mechanic workshops for uh, women and at events and stuff. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, building bikes, like just that customization is that's a really fun thing. And it's so amazing that you obviously like really took that on and basically like did mechanics and still do and are able to do that. It's like a really wonderful skill to have. You become very like self-sufficient as well. And that's 
something I think is super important for women in the cycling communities, like that you're self-sufficient and that you can make your own like bike dreams come true. Yeah, dream bike builds. Dream bike builds. Yo, yo, yo. Speaking of dream bike build, I am building a dream bike build tomorrow. Oh my god, tomorrow. What is it? Yeah. Um, it's not a fixed gear, unfortunately. This is a safe space. I know. (laughs) Like, I I don't think I can say this word on the podcast. (laughs) Maybe not. But it's a road bike. Redacted. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm no longer... I'm, like, officially removed from this podcast. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's going to be a um, Ali Sprint. Uh A specialized... um, road bike speed so, bike yeah yeah with what color? um zip this is again like the kind of questions i ask like but, is it what color is it is it fast <laughs> you like it what's its name is it light <laughs> but like um, in the best way like i just feel like i'm still like a five-year-old like what stickers you gonna put on there <laughs> <laughs> Uh, does yeah. it make you happy or do you feel fulfilled yeah <laughs> man it's like it's fast <laughs> yeah um it's the i'll actually can um send it to in the show notes and the the build uh, after the podcast oh but, yes yeah. all the bikes um, in the show notes it's really sick frame i really like it um i had the, the choice of choosing a um it's called watercolor frame so like kind of multicolor watercolor or i felt like it was a bit too much so i went with um kind of like a glossy gray slash yellow spray painted frame not bad yeah yeah i like how the (laughs) <laughs> the other color was too much yeah i mean it's like i don't want it to yeah i don't know anyway but i'm super excited for the build tomorrow it's gonna be that's fun. cool i'm really like yeah i think it's so cool you're gonna build it yourself as well that's really nice <laughs> yeah yeah i'm excited i haven't worked on bikes in a while in a little while so excited to build my new bike yeah it's gonna be uh also di2 Oh, oh snap all the buzzwords oof, oof, oof. <laughs> yeah um yeah where were we oh <laughs> get back on track literally um bike builds um yeah working as a bike mechanic um i also worked um as a mountain biking instructor for a little while i think that's really cool i think that's one of my like favorite fun facts about you <laughs> yeah the the crazy fixed gear city gal also likes to go shred in the do in you the like mountains. adrenaline and things yeah. in your way <laughs> do you like do wide you... bars these are the sports for you yes do you like crashing and having scars all over your legs <laughs> well then fixed gear riding and mountain biking is just for you oh, come on God. over join the club <laughs> yeah no i that was not me i was terrified of bikes i'm really scared of being bad at things um and so i like just tend to avoid it at all costs and i really don't recommend that mindset Uh, because i wouldn't do that to anyone else i'm so like excited when people like try new stuff and learn Mm. things but me i'm like i'm not good at it so i'm never gonna try it because then people will like think less of me which is a really shit mentality um so like getting into big gear cycling i was like well well what can i offer and i'm like well i i take decent photos so i'm like let's just do that like maybe that's what i can offer which again <laughs> is like really silly it's like that's what i had but that's like I, what that's i had to true, offer though like i'm sure you can shred like i'm sure you shred girl i've seen your photo fo- i've seen no don't you worry i think you're overthinking I do, like, but that's that's me. Girl, you shred. Don't you worry about it. It took a while to get there, though. And there's many that's... people in the community and in my life and my friends that have all kind of like put me there. But like, yeah, but I'm in my that's head part of the lot. process. Like, I didn't start off just like the first day of 
like where I'm now, it's not didn't just happen yesterday. You know, it's the curation of community and people like getting getting you where you are today. And also, I could not be where I am today without the support of my friends along the way in the cycling community in Montreal. I just want to thank I'm... everyone who's ever helped me tighten the lock ring. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's a pain in the ass. That can be a real pain in the ass. Do you remember the first ride on your hexagon? Yes. Like, what was that like? like I remember. Because you, you'd kind it, of like it was yesterday. Oh, it was really beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, so my hexagon was fixed and I was like, all right, just fucking embrace it and go out there, start riding fixed. And I rode home alone uh, after the I built it up with my friends at the shop and I forgot at one point that it was a fixed. <laughs> oh yeah, we, we've all been there. And, yeah, and at one moment I was kind of like, I hopped up and down for like two seconds and then able to get back my one of my legs back on and yeah it was all good no crash nothing that was and then from there on I, I was all right <laughs> first time I rode my DOS this is it was never built until it was in Berlin I went to go spectate fixed 42 mm. and the DOS event had never been built um the dos noventa yeah the dos noventa okay Um, yeah its first maiden voyage was in berlin and i remember immediately (laughs) riding into a tram track and crashing it oh my god Uh, like literally first ride just like straight into a tram because uh like of the the hole like the yeah, like the, the in in the ground. So we don't really have yeah, tra- yeah. trams in London. So like any kind of riding I did previously in London or on other bikes, like totally fine. Get to Berlin, oh, I told, uh, oh, I'd never really cycled in Berlin and just immediately into a tram track down first scratch on the bike. I'm like, well, at oh, least that's no. out the way now. It's always that yeah. first scratch. You just have to get it out the way, and then everything's fine. Mm-hmm. But if it makes you feel any better, um. I, when I was in Berlin about two months ago with uh, Max Fixed, also, I was riding the Coca and I, um, Kang should not know this, but I also crashed into the, uh, because of the tram. Oh the holes. Yeah, it was raining, dark. I didn't, wasn't looking where I was going and then oh. boom, my wheel just went in. Oh, and I'm not used so to that much. either. Yeah. Yeah. Killer. Um, my hips like are your... just destroyed. No. <laughs> It's better you than the bike, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. <laughs> What's it like in Hamburg? Because you're in Hamburg at the moment. You do. Do you have tram tracks? Is it safe for me to visit you? Uh, yes, absolutely safe. There's no <laughs> tram tracks, but there are crazy ass fucking drivers here in Hamburg and Germany that go super fast and don't give a shit about cyclists. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's just the um, overall of German culture is. Gain schnell mit deinem Auto. <laughs> you know, like you gotta go fast your car. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Oh, fun. Okay. Yeah. How about what's the cobble situation like? Um, there are some streets with cobblestones and then some without. Yeah. Yeah. But you can't. Yeah, and they have huge sidewalks. The sidewalks are so big so that you cycle on the sidewalk and you also walk on the sidewalk, which I absolutely hate because no one moves out of the way for the actual bike path and it's like it doesn't exist. So you can't ride on the street and you can't ride on the sidewalk. So there's just nowhere to go as a cyclist. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I really, I had just accepted it, but I don't like it. <laughs> Yeah, I really enjoyed riding in in London. It's a it's good place nice. to ride. Like it's you just really realize that cycling is the best way to move around. Yeah, and the cars there are much nicer. People there are nicer. The traffic flows oh, I really don't know. well. I mean, when it's really not rush hour, when it's not rush hour, beautiful city to ride in. Mm. It's it just gets super like congested. 
at rush hour and this becomes like unpleasant because all you're doing is just like inhaling exhaust pipes <laughs> oh man welcome to london <laughs> but like anything else it's beautiful because the roads are big everything's super like weirdly connected the river is stunning to ride along um good like bike lanes everywhere and you can just pop yourself in any bus lane and away you go yeah yeah do you kitsch i'm sorry what uh <laughs> kitching what's that like, um holding on to cars and buses no i think it looks really cool but again i'm like uh, uh. Mm. i think it's called kitching imagine it's not called that and i'm saying it wrong but it's, it's what it's called now people <laughs> yeah i call it kitching all right so fuck <laughs> anyone who doesn't accept that <laughs> um yeah all right i've tried it a couple of times but i don't do it that often um yeah depends the situation i think and the car you just get these visions of like those like new york videos where everyone's like you say kitching and i'm like oh god i don't know if that's me i think i'm too scared <laughs> yeah I just ride my bike. I just kind of plod along happily. <laughs> With like your components just, you know, shining from the sun. <laughs> Hair in the, in the wind. No, in I'm just like, I, I <laughs> just kind of like happily like. I swear to God, when I see someone on a nice bike or just on a fixed gear and I spot them. I could be t like sitting in a park talking to a friend and then I see a bike pass by and like I'm like literally like a dog like that sees a squirrel squirrel and like my head just turns around <laughs> and watches the bike pass by and I'm just staring at it like ooh, I know what maybe that frame is mm. you feel really like incognito like, if only they knew that I know that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I'm just a like a dog when I see a bike <laughs> Yeah. It never stops, no. It never stops. When you're never off duty when you're in the bike world. <laughs> never. <sighs> All right. Um maybe we can move on to another question. Let's do it. To get make our listeners know a little bit more about us. Um so for you, Christine, for I, for me, um, <laughs> what is uh cycling and fixed gear riding, what does it mean to us? Or to you? Um, cycling gets me out of my head. Like, there's nothing I can't work through just by riding it out. Like, whatever mental state I'm in, I think cycling, like, really unblocks your soul. Um, if it's, like, physically hard or, like, you're going through emotional stuff, anything, like, if your self-doubt's getting the better of you, like, cycling is the best, like, therapy almost. Mm -hmm. Like, I also can't remember any other sport I think I've cried as much doing, but, like, in a good way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. What? what? <laughs> like, you cry on your bike? I used to a lot. I think it's, like, when it gets, like, super hard and you're, like, on a ride, you're like, oh, God, I don't fit in here. This is really difficult. I'm actually really struggling. Like, yeah, that's how I just deal with emotions. But anyway, I've it's gotten better. I cannot ride a bike without crying. But yeah, I think like cycling just unblocks you emotionally. Like it really just gets your brain flowing. Um, and moreover, you just you do get into that like state of flow. So that idea of being equally detached from reality, but also just as equally super focused in on something. And I think that's like quite good for my brain. I get like stuck in my little loops. But when I'm on a bike, it, I just like work it out and everything mm -hmm. kind of flows again. And I feel feel better about everything after I've ridden a bike or dirt while I'm riding a bike. And it also mm -hmm. means I get to hang out with like other cool people on bikes. And that's always nice. Like You're yeah, never really so alone in cycling either. Yeah, so not only it's a form of like community where you can go and see friends, meet people and have a sense of, you know, community and friendship and family, but it's also for yourself, like as just solo, it's like 
good yeah, for your which is so funny health. because like cycling yeah. is a non-contact sport by definition, mm-hmm. and yet it's like the most community-driven thing I've ever done. Yeah, well, equally like a super introspective thing. Like mm-hmm. you know, people say like, "Oh, I'm just gonna go for a drive. I'm gonna, I'm gonna work this out." Like it's the same for a bike. Like you can just go for a ride, and everything's mm-hmm. always better afterwards. Like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's it's so true. It's crazy. I also said that the thing not long ago to a friend. Like, it's crazy how it's not a contact sport, but it's there's so much contact at the same time. It's a very human thing. Yeah. Even though it's like a hunk of metal or mm-hmm. plastic, depending on like how much money you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether even whether it's even like in racing or just as a community itself, like in racing as well, it's only one person. It's a solo in a way. Like it's just you and the bike, but right. there's also teamwork yeah, but there's involved. There's like this like hi- like hive mind. You kind of like there's no words to describe it, but you're all you're all in that same bubble. You're all kind of thinking. You're on the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd like to know like what cycling means to you and like what racing means to you. Do you do you have different things you get out of those? Um what do you mean? Like you are a very um very good racer, you're very good on your <laughs> bike. Like it's really inspiring and but you're also someone who's super natural and comfortable just riding around a city, hanging out with friends, and I just mm-hmm. like how do those things like work with you? To, yeah, like how like, do those work together, and how do you mm-hmm. sit in between and around that? Yeah. Um, so I'd say that even though I'm competitive and I like to compete and race and everything, um, just fixed gear and cycling in general, to me, um, I would say like in French we'd say uh, our mode de vie, so like a way of life. Um, and it's a way of just being, I think it'll, it'll just allows me to be free, uh, to discover new roads, new places, locations, and also, you know, just like pushing my limits and being a part of this type of lifestyle and way of life where you go out commuting, whether it's in minus 20 degrees celsius or in snowstorms or in the rain yes, yeah. or in the wind <laughs> yeah um whether it's like i back before covid i'd commute to university every single day five times a week in all throughout winter in montreal and on a fixed gear that's insane and, like that's why i say it, i think it's really um like a way of life because it's just the way you'd have to dress, the way you have to commute, the way you have to be resilient uh, when it faces, when you have to face the weather. Um, you embrace what the bike has to offer and how you use it every day as a tool, but also be part of some form of community, which is really, really nice. And connecting with people, going on adventures, which is always fun. Yeah, that's really nice. I think also you can relate to that. I think one of the things I love the most, and today it was really warm in Hamburg, um, and I just got the feet like that summer feeling for the first time. Oh, it's so beautiful. I'm not at all jealous. (laughs) (laughs) It was like 15 degrees, and for me, that's pretty warm. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited for this like the breezy cool summer nights just riding through the city on your bike oh it's just That's the best feeling moment. ever i rode home in the pouring rain and <laughs> almost got knocked off my bike uh, from the crosswind oh no but summer is coming guys yes <laughs> summer Soon. is coming but i think also to us like we just we already mentioned it but and to many people we can't i just want to I feel like we should emphasize emphasize it again that fixed gear is also definitely a form of art because you have different geometries, different parts, different colors, um, and you pick and choose the type of aesthetic you'd like on your your build. 
yeah, I've got such strong feelings about this. So I'm like a graphic graphic designer by day, cyclist by later day. Um, so I've got this like very like design based thinking about mm-hmm. building blocks and like when you really break down cycling, it's just a bunch of triangles and circles. And there's this like really beautiful idea that a bunch of people hang out because they also like triangles and circles. <laughs> I think it cuts through a lot of like differences people have it cuts through like any kind of like divides and barriers because we're just hanging out with other people who really like triangles <laughs> and that's like a really pleasant way of thinking about things mm-hmm. yeah definitely yeah yeah I agree with you on that oh by the way oh crazy news Actually, really good news. Tell me. <laughs> um, I am going to London. Um, on when? when? In May first or May second. Opening uh, my calendar as you do this, so I can like <laughs> be like, off. "What am I doing?" Uh, May second to uh, May fifth. Oh no! No, I'm away what? then. Sorry. No, I'm going to be I'm going to be in America. I'm going to be riding my gravel Shit. bike through Tucson. Oh no, fuck. Oh man. Cuz I got uh invited to go to this sports summit in London uh to represent like women in sports. Ooh, that's really cool. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Um but man, I wanted to fucking come to London and we can go ride. Uh what have been I mean really good. Um, what, sorry, the, what bike thing are you doing? Um, in London? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, it's not really, um, doesn't have to do about, like, cycling and specifically, it's more, uh, just a sports summit, uh, in relation to, like, international relations, uh, and a lot of people around, uh, I think the world... Uh, I applied in the Canada. <laughs> I'm not 100 sure. I have to so I, casual. Uh, I have applied like as a Canadian, so um, it's like with this Quebec Canadian um, like in, d- international development uh, or relations um, program, and I they're promoting diversity in sports. So I just hey, that's really uh, cool. That's yeah. what we're all about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I'm announcing it. That's super Ooh. cool. Uh, yeah, let's watch this space. Maybe people can come listen and watch you do cool things about diversity in sports. Yeah, it's at this like sports summit in London. Um, yeah, drop 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 the info in yeah. the show notes. Look at me. Yes. I'm on yeah. 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 <laughs> And whoever is listening to this, going to go shred and ride around London probably for that week. So super down to, to oh, do this week. Oh, man, well, well done. Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing, are you doing a, uh, an event? No, I'm going to visit some fr- uh, friends out there. Um, Aaron and Steph, who used to live in London, are now over in Tucson and gonna gonna go pay him a visit gonna take my gravel bike with me there was like a really long hard thing about like what bike do i take do i maybe even build a new bike to (laughs) take on this adventure for now as -hmm. we currently stand during the point of recording i've decided to take my gravel bike this could all change and fall apart Mm. as i get really indecisive about which bike to take but i think it's gonna be really good to take gravel bike do some bike packing um, sweet yeah the goal is to do tucson phoenix san diego la like whatever means necessary like get some trains Whoa. no i'm not gonna cycle the whole thing i might die i'm gonna get <sighs> eaten by coyotes when i try to pet them that's gonna be really <laughs> so embarrassing um oh, uh, man, yeah, that sounds really good. so sick i just want to be nice. fun, kind of paddle. travel adventures oh, that's the best it. thing um so yeah like my my cycling life kind of is very much comprised of like fixed and gravel and then I ride my Brompton every once in a while and it's tons of fun and it's the novelty of everything is amazing Mm -hmm. um 
does that kind of leads us very nicely into our next kind of question and theme yes absolutely i wanted to pick your brains about what fixed gear kind of embodies to you and how that compares to all the other forms of cycling you do yeah um so basically um in my opinion i feel as if fixed gear versus or in comparison, not in versus. <laughs> it's in very aggressive language of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, in comparison to, let's say, like mountain biking, gravel, and also, you know, road. Um, I feel as if, for me, fixed gear is really um, more about, you know, exploring the city, exploring the, the underground uh, of routes, you know, and just shredding through through different parts of the city and discovering different neighborhoods and connecting with different communities and people while um you know mountain biking gravel i fucking love it but (laughs) you not but but um it's definitely a different world you know you you get lost in the trails and in the mountains and it's something definitely something that i adore and I cannot live without and just being able to to just send you know some some rock slabs and some little drops here and there on some mountain biking trails is something that uh, currently I definitely do miss here in Hamburg but uh no mountains in Hamburg yeah no <laughs> yeah but uh it's definitely that it's a, something that off, it's offers you a different perspective and different world as you see what mother nature has to offer and oh, yes. it gives you a different feeling of course yeah that's beautiful but i love what, them both yeah what's your split currently because obviously you're, you're now in hamburg um <laughs> how do you split your time between like all those different like cycling passions you have um well I think at the moment currently well for those who are listening and don't know um I currently even though I grew up in Montreal Canada which is in a city and mountains around so I go mountain biking and skiing a lot um I currently just moved to Hamburg um to really just focus on taking a break from studies and also just focus on fixed gear racing and racing in general and traveling around Europe so I think at the moment, I'm just mainly focusing on, you know, the city riding uh, and kind of neglecting the the mountains at the moment, which I kind of miss. But I mean, we can't have everything in life, you know, so. <laughs> hey, that's cool. And like now with like spring coming and like race season starting again, like, I guess you're going to be super in your in your element doing crit. Yeah, doing fixed yeah. Stuff. <laughs> yeah yeah we'll, we'll see i'm like, super stoked for that you just did a crit um because i follow you religiously on instagram <laughs> that's how amanda and i know each other um i was like following her since like her van life days yeah I just thought your photos were like so soulful and like really lovely um and like it sounds really daft but like your your colors in your photo are also really really nice like, oh thank nice you um, <laughs> for yeah. me it's just chaos it's chaotic energy but yeah it's the beauty of it it's like such a snapshot of like just like this beautiful perfect moment this millisecond of like bliss and i think i really like that um Aww, about your stuff but anyway yeah, i know you just did a really cool crit and the photos look really sick and you rode your cool bike um, yes you did really well you did yeah really really well didn't you (laughs) tell us tell us more about that um also was this your first crit of the year is that a silly it was my first um fixed gear crit there we go uh in europe which and it was pretty technical race to be honest a very technical race Uh, a lot of cornering very tight corners um yeah, but uh, and also it was the first time I was racing the Quoka. So huge shout out to Kang, uh, Kang the Frame Builder. Merci, Brigitte. Uh, he sent me over his handmade, beautiful 
beautiful uh, fixed gear quokka frame it's with so stunning the floor yeah. on that is also like just really tidy i like it yeah also just the tubing and i love the the colorway and everything about it is just so so nice um yeah my first time racing it and it was pretty gnarly it, i i feel really um comfortable on that bike and i feel very aggressive and it's very compact and yeah it went really well that sounds like right <laughs> right in your wheelhouse um sounds <laughs> yeah. like exactly what you wanted so yeah yeah <laughs> are you retiring the ranger as a crit bike is this uh, definitely <laughs> i think paul would have my head if i <laughs> if i would not retire the ranger <laughs> silly silly <Yeah>. bike <laughs> mm. <laughs> Um, so we're gonna see yeah. a lot more of the quokka yes yes you've definitely. also got stair wheels on there which i highly approve of yes and with uh anodized fillwood hubs oh, i yes. cannot forget to mention check, Ooh. Check. Ooh, la, la. it's stunning um yeah. it's a really really nice bike and i want everyone to look yeah. at it yeah yeah we'll see it at rad race in a couple of weeks Oh my god, it's so good. Have you done a rad race before? It sounds so stupid. Uh, yeah. No, no, not yet, not yet. Good. I've done one. Oh, okay. Um, this was like, I think it was like the last race that happened before COVID. Mm -hmm. It was like COVID was kind of like a thing, but like everyone was still like, eh, it's fine. It's not here yet. Um, and they were just like creeping over and then, yeah, rad race, last woman standing. It's like the last thing that happened. Mm okay it was like right before covid yeah right okay. before like like days before basically mm -hmm. yeah um and did it go well yeah i made it to the finals which is quite nice cool. like I how really... many do you know how many women were there oh my god i can't remember anymore but we had like the full heats we had mm -hmm. like the whole the whole shebang i think okay. there was only like obviously like one women's i think the men's had like an a's and a b's but there mm -hmm. was like one women's event but it was good because okay. we, we had enough people to yeah to compete but yeah i suck at straight lines so i have no stamina like it's just <laughs> but i can i can corner all right which was quite fun because that's mm -hmm. what standing was just corner so i'm like you yeah know what? i actually have i think a fighting chance like the dos noventa just wants to corner that's all it wants to do yeah it wants to lean it like it loves being sideways so i'm like okay i'm gonna do this um <laughs> yeah i came i came eighth which i came like i made nice. it to the finals and like immediately so, like spout at the finals it was like margot Vigi and like, like oh i'm gonna die uh, it was cool nice. though no I, I made it to the final and like i remember it got televised by gcn no um, way <laughs> it's just like me being like really awkward i think i was wearing like a long sleeve t-shirt with like a short sleeve t-shirt on top with some bibs everyone else was in like skin suits i'm like ah no no what am i doing <laughs> it was really fun though um sweet I, nice. did you have a drops or riser um i ended up doing it on drops i tried the okay. practice laps on wide bars and on drops but i i decided for the drops in the end just because the course is so narrow i just felt like i was gonna get in the way of everyone and then something nasty might happen like i was just mm -hmm. getting like a bit anxious about the wide bars but i think with like just some like nice risers it would have been just as fine i should run very wide wide mm -hmm. bars. and, I was just and like, uh what tires did you ride Ooh, at the time I had some Vittoria Corsas on there. Okay. Hmm, um, sweet. But yeah. Like twenty no, eights. Yeah, I think like twenty fives or twenty eights. Like now, I would I'd pick. Um, so I'm a I'm a Hutchinson ambassador. This is like a nice time to talk about tires. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I I definitely run like twenty eights or um anything wider. Uh, okay. But give it a go, writing... like, bring both bars. I'd say just give it, give both a go. Oh, yeah. Which it might surprise you. I was, like, going in there being, like, I'm definitely going to ride wides. And then I did it. I'm like, oh, my God. It's okay. really narrow. Because I'm going in. I'm definitely going to ride drops. Yeah. 
yeah. give give uh give risers just like a, a courtesy go i'd say mm-hmm. you might just get a better idea of the space i just felt really claustrophobic on white bars mm. Mm. interesting well <laughs> we'll see in two I'm weeks really yeah. excited for you i'm gonna be rooting for you <laughs> Uh, yeah if i don't have a heart attack and drop dead <laughs> uh, oh. so yeah for you um how is what is how is fixed gear compared to you know gravel and stuff how do you um, feel yeah like i think we're, it was quite nice that we're both quite like multidisciplinary cyclists mm-hmm. um what i really like about the fixed gear like culture fix your writing all that is that there's really no formula not in the same way that there might be in road cycling there's like very much like a you have to kind of ride this by kind of have this level of componentry wear this kit which isn't a, it's not a bad thing um but it's not quite for me um so that's what attracted me to the fixed gear world is there's kind of no formula like you can create something that's such an extension of yourself. Like no one's bike is the same out there. Like no one rides the same bike with the same components in the same way, even. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that individualism and customization, like really drew me in. Like no one is better at being you than you. No one knows your bike as well as mm-hmm. you. So that extension of yourself, I thought was mm-hmm. so, so, so beautiful um yeah so that's the like really really strong difference uh for me at least in like the fixed year world and i think like the gravel biking world has a bit of that overlap yeah but that that formula likes to creep in again there's this idea of like what like the best frames are what like what stuff what like group sets you should have on but yeah fixed year world not so much mm-hmm. um yeah, and so like the the other stuff I do is like gravel bike packing, um, and I get a lot of like my sense of escape and adventure through that. Mm-hmm. I really like, like you said, that disconnect from the city and just being able to exist in Mother Nature. It ties back into that idea of like flow states, um, and and novelty. For, yeah, it's the thing I i ride in the city most of the days and so when i do get to escape out into into nature it's it's such a beautiful like release i'm like okay cool i can just be here and experience all of this and it's just like nice being like out in nature with your friends mm-hmm. um and i like i plan on doing like loads more bike packing things and some more like uh track across bits as well sweet um you're going to um uh, grindjuro wales right i'm gonna do it yeah Ilma and I on up. your single speed no i'm gonna do it on my gravel bike i've got a really really nice like chunky tractor of a gravel bike and take that to wales sweet send me a photo of your gravel bike whenever you get yeah we will do i've just come that. back from uh lanzarote on it which is like nice. rode the vol- volcanoes on lanzarote and Fuerteventura for a sweet. week um in like yeah. an all women's like gravel camp it's really really sick sick sounds so nice i've really wow. gotten over my like aversion of sand like i used to be terrified <laughs> of riding in sand and all you yeah. do is there is just ride in sand so i'm like mm-hmm. okay, cool that was like really good exposure therapy i can ride yeah. in sand now yeah well i didn't know well until i started riding gravel and then in gravel like I mean, sometimes in in gravel uh events you have to ride in sand but i didn't know how similar they they uh are to um, but that's how similar riding in sand is to uh, riding in, in snow. Ooh. So for me, like riding all winter long, winter cycling and Montreal snowstorms is pretty good uh, training <laughs> for gravel <laughs> riding in the sand. That's a really nice insight. Like, yeah. Snow and sand feel the same. Okay. Very much you like your front really, wheel. Like, you just get really just... like wet, sludgy things in London. <laughs> No yeah snow for us yeah. yeah but like the 
the fact that like your wheel you just gotta control it and kind of let it slide a bit everywhere you know it's like the same exact feeling you have yeah keep keep your butt back yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and just embrace the the wheel the (laughs) chaos (laughs) The, the wheel doing whatever it wants all right so that wraps up our very first episode of the wheelhouse sisters podcast thank you everyone for listening um i've had a great time so far um thanks christine blended i've had a fabulous time i can't wait to do this again yeah Uh, so everything we discussed today will be in the show notes on the blog slowspinsociety.com along with our two other shows Slow Spin Society and Deep Dish Discussion. You can also find us on Instagram where Christine goes as christineguy.ger and I go by Amanda Seberger. If you'd like to join the Slow Spin Society Discord server, the link is also in the show notes. Sharing the podcast with your friends is by far the best and easiest way to support the show or by giving us a good review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any platform of your choice. The artwork is by Christine. Thank you. (laughs) And we are totally looking forward to having many guests on the next couple of episodes. It's Stay tuned. Be a super nice guest list. Um, gonna have a lot of fun talking to other rad women, other just people in the cycling world. It's gonna be a really lovely time, and we're gonna invite loads of fun people to our wheelhouse and chat with them. Exactly. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much. Ciao.